Straight Jack, episode 20. Each week we pick three films, one new release, one post-2000 release, one pre-2000 release, and they all have a theme. This week's theme... Bus, buses. Was buses. It's buses. Which means our new release is Patterson. Ian, take it away. Patterson is a film about a man called Patterson set in the fictional town, New I think Jersey it's real. town I think it's real. of Patterson. It? I don't know. And it is about a bus driver played by Adam Driver who is also a poet on the side, and that is that. Did you enjoy the bus? What are your thoughts on the bus, first of all? How would you rate the bus? In comparison to the other two buses we're yet to talk about? Yeah, no, just just in general. Good bus. Could perhaps do with more maintenance. Yeah. But otherwise... Less electrical problems. I liked its, its retro feel. But seriously, did you enjoy the film? I think they... The well, Adam Driver himself, or sorry, his character, Patterson and his girlfriend, live, you know, quite a, a simple and unremarkable and, and but you know a little bit quirky life. Bohemian. Bohemian. There you go. There you go. And for me, that was a perfect reflection of the film itself. It, it was unremarkable, pretty simple, a little bit quirky, but you enjoyed the journey, and I think I quite liked the. She was infuriating at times, but. I quite like the characters, really. So I, I think this is this is really, really good. But after having a discussion in a pub, she is the. I, I haven't decided. I don't think it impacts the quality of the film. But she isn't even like a character. No. Like she is literally the archetypal manic pixie dream girl who's just there to add validity to the man's existence, to give him the love that he needs, the assurance he needs. I genuinely don't think that affects this film because there's so much more going on, and it is a film all about him, his philosophy, his life, the way a striving artist tries to craft an art and mix that with, obviously, he's got to pay for those those sprouts and her uh, fledging art career. Guitar. But yeah. as you were, and that goes, hey, she makes that money back so she can have as many, <laughs> she keeps selling muffins like that. But in your description there, James, you say, you know, it's all very, the word I've got here is wispy. You know, it floats along, but then you didn't then comment on do you think there was anything going on underneath it? It seems like you thought there wasn't much. No, no, I think I think I think I did, and I, I don't think I explained myself particularly well. I think there's first of all, it's surprisingly captivating for what on the face of it, and and what you would quite easily consider it too relatively boring. Yeah, I mean, nothing in terms happens. of if you if you wrote down what happened, well, which I'm sure it was <laughs> at one point, not a lot happens, but it is surprisingly captivating. And I think with him, I think you you learn about him and his character throughout the film there's no real sort of huge period of exposition it's more this sort of this organic growth of understanding this he character he doesn't come of it he doesn't arc no he just carries on and I, and it's just life I know it sounds really simplistic but there's no dramatic arc that you sort of enter this film with or you exit this film with you, you just you, you are privileged to see an hour and a half or yeah no sorry two hours of his life uh, and, and the trials and tribulations of a mundane life that he pretty much lives there's this lovely sort of social commentary on the buses as well which you've subsequently told me is or a, a pair of them were the people from the kids from Moonrise Kingdom Little Sam and Little Susie yeah. so. um, but yeah nice little bits of social commentary on that which is quite funny because it did make me think about you know when you are on public transport and you hear other people's conversations and it, it, exactly how Adam Driver's character is in this as well where you hear how ridiculous the sorts of conversations some people have when they're trying to impress someone else or when they're trying to 
hold a conversation when the other person doesn't know how much they actually know about the subject that they're talking about yeah. and you see that Adam Driver's character just smirking so many times thinking what on earth are these people talking about but it still offers a bit of an insight into it's, it's a slice of life isn't it yeah. and, and it really did uh, I know they've been going for he's been Jarmusch has been going for a little bit longer but it did remind me of Linklater and particularly like Slacker his first film where it is just people bumbling around into each other having these Semi, not even always philosophical, but just having these conversations. I think philosophical. I think philosophical is the right word to use, though, because I don't. I think it's a very, very philosophical film. It is, yeah. But some of the stuff they were saying, it's on the face of it. It was just, yeah, like you said, they're just talking about a, a stray incident. But then, when in the context of him sort of listening to it, he's sort of going, "Oh, actually, there might be a poem in it. There might be a deeper. This might be more relatable than initially thought." Um, and for me, yeah, this is this is early Linklater mixed with Groundhog Day. It's the same thing again and again, and goes to the same bar, walks the dog, does exactly the same thing, and threat. There are dog nappers around in New Jersey, apparently, but nothing, you know, necessarily comes of any of the threat. But Robbie, you've been awfully quiet, (laughs) and yet there are still quite a few unanswered questions. You talk about the dog napping, yeah, and we think about the the twins and his book, his poetry book, Mm -hmm. and what happens to it. As, as it nears, nears the end. And yet I didn't feel like I needed to know the answer to those. Not in a sort of, Jarmusch needed to explain it to me, but in a, I really, I cared enough. I felt like I cared enough about everyone in it at the time. But now, a week or so on, since <laughs> I've seen it, I don't feel like I'll be, I'll be thinking about it for It's not going to live long in the... No, and, and I think that is one of its slight negatives. You don't, you don't think it has gonna, had a lasting... It's not going to stick with me at all. None of the fight... I mean, it's difficult because not a lot does happen. So obviously we want to talk about some of the theories and ideas around it. But to do that would possibly spoil it. But there, there's but, a, there, a... More happens in the final... For me, more happens in the final scene than in the rest of the... Well, like the penultimate scene on a bench with a, with a visitor. There's, a, there's an awful, awful lot. That, that that sums it all up and has so many interesting theories and ideas. Some, there's a lot insinuated there, but also there's some really just nice ideas. That it, we do have these sort of almost really bad dentist doctor's office uh, screensavers, these like little montages of waterfalls, and it, we are taken out of it. And I think it does hint that there could be a touch of magic in the fact that he's thinking about twins and then he sees all these twins. Mm. Certain things keep keep cropping up. He keeps seeing circles. Circles are everywhere. His life is just, it, it's each de- everything is just one big loop and everything keeps going around, but it's within the monotony that he seems to manage to find some beauty and he tries to break the cycle of that monotony by doing his, his art. And even though he's so self, it's the word self-effacing where he's so like, oh, like what, what are you? Uh, I'm a bus driver. So you're not into no, I'm not I'm no poet. And it just makes you think about all these other people who you think about all the other great works that are not discovered because they haven't got the guts almost to put themselves out there. That's it, just to properly pursue it. But I think I think there is a danger of overthinking this film. And I'm not I'm yeah. not saying specifically like the circle and there is some quite obvious symbolism and imagery yeah. within the film. But then because there isn't a lot that's explained it is quite easy to think and poetry and you just think there's a deeper meaning there but I mean but the, he's been but it, is, it is his style but he has been doing it his whole career pretty much I mean he's now got to it's 
compared to uh, a permanent vacation, his first film, it's this, it's, there's so many hallmarks that are still here. The way we physically see a man go from his house to the bus depot to home every single bus. Uh, so permanent vacation is like a sort of it's like a black and white road movie sort of thing. But we see them go through everything. He likes to show the monotonous, and it's all very glacial, like it is here. But he's developed a style that is appealing. We said, well, I think we all agreed for two hours we weren't bored and we were no, entertained not so. by no, by no, not a lot. But I think he has got to a point. I think he definitely hit the, hit it on the nose with Broken Flowers, the Bill Murray film from what, 10 years ago now. And some of the other 90s ones that I haven't seen, like Ghost Dog, I think, as well, is, is really well regarded for its philosophical edge. But yeah, I, I think there is a lot going on here to warrant thinking about and... and Rewatching it, hopefully in a few years, and maybe spotting something else. I, or... I wouldn't mind rewatching it and and seeing if there's any. Because I mean, I realised the first question you asked before, as we were reviewing this, was, did I think that there was more going on than the surface? And I think my answer is, yes, I think there was, but I I don't know what it is. I think I think that I can tell there is sub subtext there, but I I can't quite put my finger on what it is. And, and maybe that's the irony of this: is <laughs> this idea is that Patterson sees things differently to other people because while other people just see see it for what it is he creates poems and he creates beauty and, and art out of it and I almost think I've sort of fallen foul of, of being unable to do that and I've, I've seen this film and I've seen it as exactly the way it is rather than perhaps what's underneath the surface which mm. Adam Driver's Patterson character might have been able to if he was looking at this film he might have been able to find something that I couldn't but I agree there is some clear imagery in, within this but I, I'm not quite sure of anything more than that I can tell there's supposed to be something but I don't think I'm intelligent or, or I wasn't switched on enough to realise what it what it was. But I did see it a couple of weeks ago, or, or uh, probably comfortably before you two, because I think I saw it just after it came out, if not on the day it came out. And I've since watched quite a few films to the point where this has sort of gone to the back of my mind. And it's not the sort of film that is is going to easily stay in my mind there's no standout moments of drama mm. or of hilarity. There's there's no nothing that no, there's no scenes that I've that are so memorable enough that I've gone oh um, everything. Whenever I see that in my day to day life, I'm thinking of Patterson. Not, even, I see a, a not even a plastic gun. See, no. that's what I was going to say. <laughs> Favorite scene. Although, and thinking back, if someone mentions the film again, I'll probably think back to this scene. The uh, the in the bar with the plastic gun. I just I, I loved everything about it. I think the way that the jukebox was playing something so undramatic, <laughs> in in contrast to the situation, it was a good moment. He was a great character as well, wasn't he? Though, like, cause he's so mate. understated. You know, he's he's clearly loving, but he's calm. He's composed. He's got that military background, um, and he, and he's quite a charming guy as well. Really, and I know, and maybe that's more Adam Driver himself because I know that. Before he became a big deal when it comes to films and Star Wars, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, he was on Girls, and I think loads of the female audience loved him. They lapped him up, and and male. Yeah, <laughs> he was at, he was he's the best, comfortably the best performer, and the standout performer of that mm. all four series of that show. Absolutely incredible. But he it, he's only gone from strength to strength, and the fact that he's say, now do, he's now doing the clever blockbusters. He's doing not necessarily oh, super smart, but yeah. he's doing he's doing good he's doing good stuff. And, yeah, and he does bring. I thought you were going to bring Midnight Special up. But no, I I mean, let's not let's particularly not, drop let's that not talk one. About it. <laughs> while, but, we, while while we're young, that was but, he was good in that. Uh, he's, he's in Silence. He's in Silence. Silence. Obviously coming up. Star, obviously Star, Star Wars. Wars um, yeah. But he's. I'm intrigued to see where his career is going to go. Really, he's making good choices, yeah. and I think here he proves that in a film where he's not been asked to do an awful lot, you look at him. He just a little grumble or a little um, a little eye roll when he's having 
like a you can tell the love is there but he's just kind of it's the way that they both are very he's one the very stoic almost like he keeps himself to himself and she's way more flamboyant but he yeah gets through all of that he um, he carries it he carries the I thing. think if if his character wasn't so well written and if he wasn't so likeable himself yeah. this would I, fall far far flatter I would say I, I agree and it's not all credit to him it is a load of credit to uh, to Jimmy Jimbo <laughs> Jimbo but uh, yeah great selfless feel... plug of the uh, Iggy Pop as well he's also got another <laughs> film out there based on the Stooges documentary it's, you know just li- little things but only Jim Jarmusch film I've seen I don't know if I've already said that but agree was this uh, yeah Ditto. only film I've, I've seen of his Woo! so maybe there are some stonkers in there yeah maybe up. it's um, yeah he's well he's well worth check. Broken Flowers if you like this very similar tone and again with just a Bill Murray carrying uh, there's a bit more of a, a plot in that one but, um, uh, yeah so I overall would give this four stars because I really enjoyed it there were some quite profound moments for me and I think some of the themes and the ideas it touches on in the final the final six minutes uh, really does will warrant uh, re-watching and yeah it was good uh, I think a strong three for me really because I, I agree with, with what you've said there um, but for me it's it's a little quirky a little unremarkable a little simple and I think for me not that it did anything badly you know I, I suppose I'm not penalising it for anything I'm not taking any marks away from it not, but didn't I go above its station yeah I just can't see myself going any further than a, you know a, a solid film which I think I would like to rewatch again and see if I get any of that subcon uh, so that subtext that I've referenced before and um, and maybe see if it's uh, it's it deserves any more than the three. I second the three. It's a film about observation and people watching, and I was happy to watch these people go through their day to day lives and observe, but it's nothing more than a three. It's it, it, when you think about other films that like everybody wants them um, from this year, like that was. I think they're they're in the same. They're trying to do something pretty similar in the same ballpark, but this is getting some huge responses. Huge. This is quite high up on a lot of end of year lists. Way more than everybody wants them, from what I can see. But Just unwarranted, wait. in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, we're going to do a uh, little plug here, by the way. Um, <laughs> we're going to do an end of year. You know, at, uh, an end of two thousand sixteen podcast eventually available to download summarization um yeah of which everybody wants some will probably be near my my top five or, or top ten but depending on, on, on what we go for it might it's certainly one of my films of the year we're gonna do so, top 13 uh, films. top 13 yeah yeah why wouldn't we yeah yeah so the post the post 2000 release was incendies or to those intellectuals that are listening on sondi or french-speaking canadians French people in general, I imagine. French-speaking people in general, so it doesn't have to just be the specific um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Western Canadian. Well, Here we go. I'm going to listen. Yeah. Like so. But anyway, yes, which is um, Denis Villeneuve's, I think, anyway, last foreign film before he um, he headed into the uh, the English-speaking arena and is, is an adaptation of a play which which was nominated for the best foreign film, I believe. Oh, uh, Oscar, wow. foreign film. I was completely unaware that this was adapted from a play. I believe it was. How did they yeah. manage to do that? Oh, yeah, he, he watched the play, and I think he's, there's a quote, like he said, I thought as I was watching, I was viewing a masterpiece. Yeah. And then he immediately, like, I think he just... And he, I think he made a little teaser in, at first, which was all in silence, there was no dialogue. Right. Um, and then he showed it to whoever the playwright was, and the playwright said, yeah, absolutely, run with it, go <laughs> for it. 
shove Radiohead over the top of it. And, and, he, uh, yeah. and, he, and he came oh, out with we just talk about... D. Oh, so we haven't even done the synopsis. I was, I was just going to quick say, Synopsis, yeah. then Radiohead. Yeah. Yeah. So it tells the story of, um, of some Canadian twins who travel to the Middle East to uncover their, um, their mother's hidden past, shall we say, which is s- sort of set up against the backdrop of quite a serious... Well, all civil wars are serious, but a particularly serious for them, anyway, civil war which I believe is heavily influenced by the um, Lebanese Civil War. And that, I think, is all I'd care to say <laughs> You about really it, have really. to be careful, don't yeah. you? Before, before we go on about Radiohead, what else would you talk about? Is, is talking about the opening six minutes giving anything, or is that giving too much No, away? I think that's fine. I think that's fine. Okay. As long as there's no foreshadowing, if you know what I mean. Because I think in the, there is some symmetry, isn't there, really, in terms of the first six minutes and, and the end in terms of... I guess so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the month's so mom dead. Yeah. So, so the the twins' mothers died, and they are told at the will reading that their father is alive, who they thought was dead, and they have a brother who they didn't know existed. It was the most in, intrigued I've been of any film in the, in in a long, long time. I was gen, it's genuinely it's huge, so excited for the next two hours. Oh, that's there's no there's no setting up to there, fail. There is <laughs> no no greater setup. And of course, no greater use of music in the opening scene. It's notoriously difficult to use great bands, great art, great music as art, and then trying to find pictures to match up to it. Because everyone, when a band is so beloved and they have all these ideas, like a we do, I guess, when you adapt a book, it's very difficult. Radiohead, I don't think, has ever been used, apart from maybe in Eye Origins, to a greater effect, and it should be applauded because it's really, really difficult to use Radiohead in films because it's been done badly so many times. But in terms of the film itself then, because I think we've already said we, we don't want to re- reveal too much because I think the film does have various revelations, particularly towards the, particularly in the second half, I suppose, as it works towards yeah. sort of the, the crescendo. It's presented. It, it's presented. Like, the chapters are great. Yeah. Do you find that you, you enjoyed that? Not that it was all wrapped up, but the way... Not, I didn't find it refreshing, but the way that it... You sort of got to the end that it had a chapter name and that you had like a, a, a 20 minutes on that subject, a short, and then you moved on, you moved on, you moved on. Usually when films have like, and it goes black and it goes, this is chapter two, chapter three, it feels way more stops up. They just sort of, this just sort of flowed and they just sort of gave you a little hint of what you're about to say. I don't know if it's, obviously that has probably been done lots before, but I found it quite refreshing. It, I think it flowed well. I think I it made it flow, flow really well. I wouldn't say it was captivating. I wouldn't say I was hooked it was just it was just quite yeah it just flowed right especially early to... early on it peaked interest because we knew yeah. they were going on this mission and then they'd have a name like this and a, I, I don't know I think just as it went on and it it just I think it added something but you, you always had that carrot didn't you we always had that thing that was dangling in front of you of we know that what this type of film is so we know there's going to be some closure mm. and it's about a two hour film and you don't have closure for about probably an hour and 55 minutes really do you throughout the film you know well even if there are some lulls or even if there are some bits that don't quite feel relevant to whatever it is you're trying to get to you know there is a it's all a means to an end because you know you will get some closure at the end so I think that a bit like a whodunit I suppose you're always waiting for that answer answering the uh, the question that it sets right at the beginning which I and I agree with you I think the opening the setup you know a typical trope within a, within a film the setup that it that it establishes is a very intriguing one that I absolutely bit down on and was eager to find out where it all went and, and obviously I think there's 
there's two elements here. There's the there's a very humanistic story behind it in terms of you know twins, you know, regardless of whether they're twins or not. But you know, you're uh, just watching. Yeah, <laughs> a, a brother and a sister, you know, wanting to know more about the circumstances behind their um their, their well their father and their and their their brother of which they're estranged or at least they're completely unaware of to some extent. But but then it also brings them in in the circle of of war uh, and sort of warlords and the atrocity of war. Uh, which then adds a, a bit of spice to what would otherwise be just be a, a more humanistic storyline. I had absolutely no idea what I'd, I'd read. I knew absolutely nothing other than I knew that I really enjoyed the vast majority of his English-speaking work. Yeah. And then watching this, it was like, he's. I thought he's very versatile to prove that he could do art house. Like It seemed like it, this feels like a modern European. It's not, but it fit the way it's shot and the way yeah. it's acted. It felt to me like a European art house film, and like, that's not just because of the French accents. That's not because of the French accents. <laughs> it, it's it, the way it's it put together, and the way it's yeah. and the, and but that's probably part of the chapters. And the the flashbacks were done really, really well mm-hmm. as well. It was seamless. But the main thing that I think any war film the, that I always find, especially more contemporary war films, it's always need, about always cost, need a bus. Always need a bus scene. Always say? need a bus. Uh, no cost. The cost of war is is yeah. it. Sometimes they'll just put something in and they'll just some kid will get blown up or they'll something. Someone will go mad in a church and you'll go. Oh, war is terrible. Here there were uh, several really good scenes. There's one in particular central to our theme uh, off a bus. Mm. Things go down. It's war and you think. The protagonist, I, the lead character in in within the flashback sequence, the mother, yeah. whose story we're we're finding out about, thinks she's done a good deed, thinks she's uh, helped out a stranger, and then there's a it brings the film has does it a couple of times, but it brings you straight down to earth, and it's gritty, and it's yeah. dark, and it's horrific, and that particular shot is it's I have no idea what actually doing. it's um oh. And then we bring it up, and then we know that uh, Villeneuve has seen uh, Assault on Precinct 13, where the little girl goes to get an ice cream, and then we flip it. And it's absolutely <laughs> topsy turvy. Topsy turvy, that, that, that mother. Yeah. Um, it's, it's done well, right? It's gritty. It, and it, it makes you, it does war right. It does. And I think when you. I've seen you've seen many films where they have that sort of non-linear storyline where they do throw in flashbacks and it doesn't work. It either confuses you or it just feels like they've just thrown it in there without any because they want to throw in a flashback rather than actually adding to the the nuance of the storyline. Yeah. Which and I thought this in that respect did did it did it very very well and I think also this film we every single week we pick a theme and, and I think some themes are, are more sort of trivial than others, where, and, and we obviously a bus for this thing, for, for, for this theme. But actually, when you, when I thought about this film, there's so many themes that you can pull from this film. You know, there's religious war, the hatred of other religions, which is all too pertinent in today's society as well. When we think about some of the things that have happened over the last few days, you know, just humanity in general, emotion, love, sibling rivalry, as well as just being children in general. And then you've also got the more classic, you know, it actually being a bit of a thriller in places as well. And you do have the mystery and the intrigue. And then you do have this, and I, I don't know what to say about it, but this this crescendo at the end and, and this reveal oh at the end, which is <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's a pretty it works. Um, yeah, I, I I mean it's. I think they called it on uh, Wikipedia not the ending of the play is not too dissimilar to a classical Greek tragedy. Yes, I believe is how it's described. It's it's, it's quite puzzle at first. It's quite well, and it's still actually quite puzzling when I think about it. 
but it's so impactful when it happens. <laughs> there was, see, it, it like old boy, uh, there was one revelation that I thought, <laughs> and I actually saw Robbie just after that, and I was like, I'm, I'm onto them, I've seen that. And then when the follow-up comes, I, my jaw was, and I took my took my cap off and went, that, that whoever, the script writing, so the, the man that wrote the play is superb. It sounds a bit bizarre, but I, I'm really not sure. It felt like a film that I hadn't seen before. I know that sounds stupid, but when you see a film, you often see, you know, incarnations of other films that you've seen before or other parts of, of other films or other themes or other certain shots, whatever it may well be. Whereas for this film, I I really didn't recognise any other film in it. It felt something new. It felt something fresh. It felt like I hadn't seen this kind of thing before. And, and, and that's exactly why I think I... Um, I'm not going to say enjoyed it because it's not it's not an easy thing to watch but because it's pretty grueling in places but I thought I felt like I got something from this film I was as I said at the start I, I absolutely lapped up the sort of the question that they posed and then I was I was on board you know excuse the pun when we're talking about buses but I was absolutely on board then throughout the film to understand um, <laughs> here's to, one to I what, made earlier yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I really, Tracy Island <laughs> I really wanted to know what the what the reveal was and when it came you know it, it was it was as shocking as you, you you almost wanted it to be. I know, mm. obviously, for, for the characters, it's terrible, but you, you wanted it to be something that I hadn't thought of or that I hadn't seen before, and it was. And, and absolutely, as you said before, and I wish I said it myself, it's all about that cost of war, and that's exactly why it's so pertinent having the the civil war in the backdrop, because it just shows, you know, these are some of the atrocities and the, and the implications of, of of these kind of war that us in the Western, in the Western world probably don't we only hear stories of rather than actually being involved in. So again, it opened my eyes a little bit to that as well. And for that reason, for that reason, yeah, I'd give it four stars. Yeah. I it could continue. Sorry, just to interrupt Denis Villeneuve. I mean, I'd seen all of his English language stuff. And, and for me, I mean, he absolutely knocked all of them out of the park other than Arrival, but it's really growing on me. Don't. Um, oh, <laughs> goodness um, gracious and, me. And, and for me, this has just sort of cemented him in my mind as sort of one of those people that, regardless of what the topic regardless of what the film is if it's made by Denis Villeneuve I will now go and see it a bit like Fincher I mean he's nowhere near Fincher's level yeah, at the moment, yeah. but no, you know when you have that bond with the director where you think where's your mate yeah. yeah that stamp of class safe pair of hands yeah um, him and, uh, and old JC Chandler he's my other one I think up and coming directors that I am eager to see whatever they next come up with what'd you give it Robbie I think it is, it is an interesting insight into a style of war like you were saying that I really Felt like I knew nothing about, and films don't focus on enough. It's not frontline fighting, is it? It's it's civilians versus civilians, and it was interesting. It was insightful. It really dragged for me. Two Aww. hours was was too long, and it didn't keep my interest the whole way through. It got the ending that it needed for for two hours worth of slightly tedious at times. However, I enjoyed it enough to give it a three stars. <laughs> um, I. Not quite as fervent as uh, James, but I think it's a light four stars. I think it's it is just a really good family drama and sort of mystery. With it's well shot, it's well acted, it's solid. It's not special. I won't. I will certainly not be watching this again. And yeah, if it served to give us such films as uh, Arrival and Enemy, then it did its job properly. So nice one. Interesting, actually, because you're right it is a bit of a single serving film I preferred it to Patterson and yet I would want to go and see Patterson again pre-2000 
film this week is Speed. The the most genuine bus themed um, related film yeah, there my, is really. I, think. I, I mean, my hand is very much forced onto <laughs> yeah. Speed. Uh, Nineteen ninety four, I believe. So Jack. Mr. Run-of-the-mill ordinary copper finds himself on a <laughs> copper, <laughs> copper uh, NYPD finds himself, on, and when I say NYPD, this is this is back in the days when a bomb disposal unit consisted of two cops uh, and a few like few pairs of pliers. Oh, he's your action man. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he does everything. So Jack finds himself on a bus uh, along with Sandra Bullock and a lot of innocent people, which is unable to go below. 50 miles per hour else it will explode because a serial killer Dennis Hopper played by Dennis Hopper who does his job superbly has has, uh, rigged it up to explode if it does drop below Ian's itching go on mate absolutely not no I (laughs) I saw it as a kid and thoroughly enjoyed it saw it now and it's it's fine for me it still falls into the action film Glass, glass, sort of ceiling. It's got its limits, hasn't it? There's only a what? But then, it, but then I thought about this. Had this been released now, and I saw it on a big screen with an audience, I probably would be going a bit more crazy. But watching this at home, it's not the same, and it hasn't for me. It hasn't aged that well. I don't think anyone. I don't think anyone walks out of that having even Dennis Hopper is a cartoon villain. Cackling numbers, in his, yeah, it's it's all, and I mean every single everyone on that bus, other than a slightly elevated slightly more charming Sandra Bullock oh like I, I wish the bus had blown up there is that sort of uh, Jurassic World uh, the impossible feel Please where you don't you they don't really care about everyone that's dying in the process no you just care about the people on this bus yeah um, not the bystanders who are having to jump out the way um, you say there was a glass ceiling and it's has it did it hit that limit it it, it was pretty I mean it's not heat it, it's, it's but no, heat isn't your run of the mill actually. Heat's, film, heat's got a lot more going on in fair, but it but it it did like it's it's nearly as good as I think this sort of action film can be. But it's not. It, no, it didn't even make it there for me. There's not enough going on. It is two hours long, and I know we've got a nice bit on the the elevator scene which I'd forgotten about, and then I didn't even realise then they went onto a train. <laughs> oh, this is getting silly now, but it's. It's, it is good, honest fun, but it, it, it's what you would expect from an action film. Pretty poor acting, pretty basic script, and for the time, probably quite a good budget and quite good scope. But for now, like we got like modern Star Wars and stuff, which blows all this out of the water. But it's fine. It's good fun. I, I disagree with you. I haven't dialogue. whinged for ages as well. I, I really, I thought there was some really. It's hammy... all written by Joss Whedon as well. Oh, the, is it? the dialogue, really? I think he wrote, yeah, the, uh, all the dialogue, that but not d- the scenario. That doesn't. Exp- uh, what was it? Sandra Bullock takes the reins for a bit, drives, so she's lost her license because she was speeding. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, when they're talking at the beginning about uh, what would you do in a hostage situation, they say, "Oh, I'd shoot the hostage." There's and a couple does. of lines. There's a and, few. Uh, there's a few lines. There are, I've got. I've got. Quite a few zingers written down here. <laughs> How long have we got? But no, it does. You talk about the train. It does. There are, there are final ten minutes which just don't need to happen. They get rid of a few threats along the way, and then you know, big crescendo, and it's like, okay, cool ending. Great, this is great. Every everyone's sort of happily ever after, and then it goes on for another fifteen yeah. minutes, and you're like, what are you doing? Just stop there. Just stop. <laughs> Perfect. James, you're quiet. No, I mean, I. I... 
it is a bit tongue in cheek, isn't it? I think there was a time where I thought, does it know how ridiculous it is? And then every now and then something happens, you think, okay, yes, it does. It does realise how <laughs> ridiculous. I mean, the jump is just ludicrous because I love it. It sets it up so perfectly. And then it basically goes vertical at once. I don't know, I don't, as if it's, yeah, I, I didn't quite understand. As if it was doing an ollie or whatever it is in um, you know, skateboarding terms when you actually see it sort mm-hmm. of lip up. But the opening credits, I just want to mention them because it did feel like one of those gifts, you know, when. Oh, when it was it word art, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, you know Beautiful when word you're art. on Facebook and people say, oh my God, you've got to watch this, wait for it. And you sit there and you're waiting and you go oh they've got me it's just a loop isn't it <laughs> yeah. and because it just kept on going down the rungs of, of an elevator shaft and the names changed but otherwise you're just like it just kept on going I, 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 I just, quite a lot of people in this one actually yeah, are the longest this was the tallest building in the world I mean this was just going down and down and down but no I mean that was a that was a lovely place to start but I think I, what I did I also did want to say as well because this is um We've already talked about this is incredibly cheesy. This I mean, and there is so much cheese in here, both whether it's dialogue, whether it's the plot itself. But I quite liked, you know, it showed, you know, it, it really gets you into the film very, very quickly by showing sort of Dennis Hopper's character's sort of failed attempt. And usually in these kind of films, they would, they would sort of show a brief snippet of a very successful sort of plot, or, or, or as in, uh, not plot point. I mean, in terms of actual plot, you know. Uh, murderous plot, whatever it may be, to sort of incite danger and so you know this guy can do so. This guy's clever. He can he can cause havoc or, or cause danger if he needs to. Whereas in this, they show how it it failed. But it but by that point, you know, about ten minutes in, you already know the main antagonist. You've already built up a rapport between the two protagonists. So you've basically done without putting loads of exposition in. You've basically set the scene, but you've done it via an action scene. So it couldn't have been any more suitable considering where this film went. I thought that was a that was a I'm not going to say terrific, but it was a good opening. It, it, was it nice, is good, isn't it? It was an uncharacteristically, it was an uncharacteristic opening for for this kind of what turned out to be a relatively sort of straight um, uh, and cheesy and cheesy film. But it, but it, I mean, it, there are some nice touches. I mean, there's the whole idea. You know, at one point it, he's motivated by money, and then there's quite a few shots on the back of the bus where there is an advert that says money isn't everything, and you think, you know, they, they are trying to be a little bit subversive and sort of quite clever in that respect. Yeah, trying, yeah. <laughs> and, it, and it is that sort of classic 90s hero and heroine. You've got the really, you've got the young guy, the young girl, and they're both in in the face of incredible adversity. They come together and they succeed and, and they manage to survive with the help of each other. And they're the only two characters, well, actually, she's not really a character. Uh, and to be yeah, honest, she's again, not really a character yeah. either. But but it doesn't need to be. And I think that's the, that's why I, that's why I mentioned the first thing I said about tongue in cheek, because you you let it go a little bit as well. There's a lot of things that are wrong with this film that you just say, you know, I'll forgive that, and I'm happy to forgive that. It's what they're going for, isn't it? Yeah, and I think that's fine, you know. And I think it comes back to a point you mentioned earlier that, you know, if I saw this, if this film came out 2016, it would be terrible and it would be lambasted for being so. But I see saw it a lot when I was younger. It's almost a cult film now. I've got there's so much nostalgia when I watch this mm. film. I can't help but but fall in love with it, kind of thing. Just because you know it's ridiculous, but you but you love it for for, for it being that way. It reeks of the nineties. Yeah. Even the, even the <laughs> DVD menu. It was the first ever DVD I bought, <laughs> and uh, I'm, I hadn't seen it, but it was just kind of oh this looks fun, and starting it up the music as well. The score just sounds like something out of Metal Gear Solid, all the way through. <laughs> it's so edgy your seat stuff, at times forced, but. Oh, it's it's just ace. And, and when I mentioned in terms of now at life, we were to bring it out nowadays, and this is maybe we talked earlier about Patterson reading too much into it, but in this film they do talk at one point where Dennis Hopper's character, so that you know that the villain by numbers is using the TV or well, using the media to keep up to date with the bus in real time, 
And there's quite that's quite a nice little social commentary on today because there's a lot of talk today around whenever there's a terrorist incidents, don't post videos, don't post pictures because you're giving the terrorists an opportunity to see where some of the people who are hiding are, etc., etc. And I know maybe I'm making a bit of a bigger deal out of it than it needs to be, but it did make me think. Actually, that that did resonate with me a little bit today because we do have. There are a lot of comments on the internet about that now about. How, whether sort of the the dystopian future of, of where social media is taking us and it does make it a lot easier to to perhaps carry out these kind of sort of vengeful acts but it is thrilling it is suspenseful there are a few bits where i think surely there's going to be traffic at some point and then they do hit traffic surely there's going to be like they're going to run out of petrol it's like okay yeah they did run out of petrol surely why is there no motorcade for this bus Oh, and then there is. So there's a couple of bits where I fell into the trap of thinking, this is just ridiculous. Then it goes, no, we knew how ridiculous we were, we were being. Yeah, yeah. And we were just setting you up. Yeah, to but like were that. they just covering their backs? Well, probably. It's almost like you can see sort of the script doctor coming in yeah. and going, surely there's going to be traffic. Okay, we'll put traffic in. All right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But what about but when there is traffic? Surely you could get a motorcade or something like that. Oh, okay, we'll put a motorcade yeah. in. But, but surely it's going to run out of petrol. Oh, right. Well, we'll go and work yeah. fill up with petrol then. It's yeah. halfway through filming, though. It's not like they've thought about this at the script yeah, stage. Yeah. They were literally day three in realizing this stuff. I want to know who came up with the jump as well. Because I, I love that this <laughs> was... How ridiculous can we make it? The road hasn't been finished. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think they understood as well the physics. They they had the physics of this idea they were going uphill mm. as if that meant that the bus would go up further. <laughs> yeah. That's not how physics no. works. I mean, it would just naturally... The gravity would pull it back down. So... It, it was it's bizarre but it's iconic you know we it's we talk in, in previous episodes about particular scenes from particular films when i think about speed this is the this is the scene i will always remember i, I remember this scene more than i do the film really mm. so you can't i mean maybe it's for the wrong reasons but yeah i'll, I'll never forget that scene look at his i know James is I'm beaming, literally yeah. beaming, and it and it launched Keanu's career. I mean, really, I mean, wow. this was, there were other films before it, but this was like when you think about. I think this as is his a, first a generic big... action movie. Yeah, he hero. Did, he did then in, go in down that, that route, didn't he? Because he was was Bill and Ted before this. Bill and Ted was before this, so. but that it was, was um, stoner teenage years, wasn't it? Yeah, his big one was River's Edge. Never heard of it. Can't be that big. That is. I'm out. Well, his first, you know, showing how good. Anyway. I'm gonna stop. I'm not. I'm not gonna groan because it is good. What, stop remember, groaning and give it a mark. But I was not as captivated. I thought when you picked this, I thought I was gonna be giddy. I don't watch many action films for a reason, and I thought this will be a nice change of pace. And it, it thoroughly enjoyable, but did remind me that there's a lot more. There's a lot more out there. Uh, so it's a. It's a nice. It's a solid three for me. I'm gonna give it a four. I, I think because it's. I suppose my well, my and our ratings are relative to, and the, the film, the nostalgia, the genre that it's in. And for me, this you talk about a glass ceiling. This absolutely hits it with this kind of film. Yes, it's it's cheesy. Yes, there are some you know some diabolical bits of dialogue, and there are some silly things that happen. But it's all for fun, and and I thoroughly enjoyed it. So. I agree. It went on a bit too long. There's there's a random, a bit like Ten Cloverfield Lane, where there's just this extra bolt-on bit at the end, which mm. is completely unnecessary. We need um, this film to hit best bit to yeah. hit the two-hour mark. What are we gonna do? Best bit of Cloverfield Lane. That That's was. ridiculous. So. Um, so yeah, four stars for me. In a film where the uh, in the op- opening six minutes, Dennis Hopper stabs someone in the ear. It only goes uphill from there and gets blown up. And gets, I mean, <laughs> we haven't talked about that either, but that, that's neither neither here nor there. 
the fact that it can go uphill from there goes to show how good this film is. is well, the bus literally did it. Anyway, go on. <laughs> it's four stars, and it's a great four stars. I'm not ashamed of how good this film is and how, how much I enjoyed it. Next time on Straight Jack, Who's it's my choice for the new release. Uh, so I've gone for Nate Parker's Birth of a Nation, uh, which leads me to the theme of directorial debuts. I'm not even going to attempt his surname, is it? Andrew Bajowski? 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 In the first ever, what has been dubbed the first ever Mumblecore film, Funny, haha. Refrain from doing that. That is the, the title, just confirm Refrain that the from doing yeah. the Alan Partridge version of that. <laughs> but, um, the vintage was um, little known director Quentin Tarantino. The 1992, I believe, Reservoir Dogs. Is this our first Tarantino? No, Inglorious. Bastards. Oh,